Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Oh, hey there. I didn't go low this time. You didn't. You went in hot. Yes, I came in hot. Two hot boys on the podcast today. (laughs) Sam, Uh, what is this? You're Sam Basher, aren't you? Oh, well... I'm feeling it today, yes. Okay, all right, all right, all right. It depends on who's asking. It depends on who's asking. Yeah. Uh, and if someone asked well, your name, you'd say... DJ Wooldridge is uh, what I would say. That's cool. And what is this that we're doing? It's a new type of radio. It's called a podcast. What? And then we do this weekly. It comes out Mondays, 5 a.m., and we talk about movies. Yes. TV shows. That's correct. Comic books. A lot of the time. Uh, pop culture stuff in general. Yes. Not the stuff you'll see in People Magazine. Uh, the cool stuff like comic books. All right. Uh, all right. All right. It's the backbone of the community. All right. Let's make it your favorite movies, you nerds. Uh, and but- you might be wondering, like, throughout the episode, we'll be talking to people. We'll be looking at comments on mm-hmm. Discord and live. And you're like, oh, how can I be a part of the people that watch this show live? Well, it's really uh, it's a cool little feature. If you mosey on over to patreon.com slash onlystupidanswers for as what? well as a dollar a month. You can send us your questions because we yeah. want to start util- utilizing the Patreon community more, mainly because we figured out how to integrate Discord into it. Yeah. Discord is, uh, and by we, Sam means he did. I had to sit down with uh, <laughs> someone who is very good at using Discord for about three hours, and they had to explain it to me like uh, you explaining how to reset your router to your grandparents. <laughs> it was uh, it was humbling for me, but I was able to figure out a lot of cool stuff. And the community that has already sprouted up in Discord from the Playnog and Twitch stream, and from you guys on Patreon, it's just great. And also, just you know, five dollars and above, one dollar gets you asking questions yeah, yeah yeah that's important five dollars and above that's how you start uh suggesting stuff for us to talk about in episodes and we have a giveaway on the only stupid answer show and you're thinking to yourself wait a second i thought this was the only stupid answer show this is the podcast we yes. have a brand new only stupid answers twitch show what? at twitch.tv slash and there's a link in the description down below but on thursdays at 4 p.m pst dj uh roxy stryer yep. uh, our good friend and a co-host of super tv showdown and myself sam we all sit down we talk about current nerdy news we talk yep. about lifestyle stuff and we game which yeah. is so we had our first episode this week and i need to gush about it because it was it went perfect like yeah. it, there's like knock on wood for future episodes uh, no. we have a wood table now which mm-hmm. is really cool new set if you're listening to this you don't care but if you're uh, listening to this new set to take, new a, look. Set, take yeah. a take a peek around um but no it went off without a hitch like technically why like technical on the technical side of everything like yeah. it was perfect yep and we, uh, it just made me so happy how it rolled out. How did you feel about it? I felt really good. It was the the fans really showed up. It was fun interacting with them on the Discord. It was it, we'd been we've been preparing for it for a very long time, and so it was cool to finally get it. Let's lowball it and say three months. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. We've been working toward this for a minute now, and it's cool to finally have it off the ground. Mm-hmm. No, we built a set. We we figured out to run a show, and I think we have a really good format. And I hope you guys enjoy it. And you can get involved with the Discord and in the Twitch community. So check that out Thursdays, four p.m. PST. Uh, we're gonna do another episode. Next. I mean, it's now week, new weekly show, so yep. make sure you tune in. But also, onlystupidanswers.com. That's what got our merch. That's got all the places you can listen. Like yes. uh, iTunes, love those five star reviews. Mm-hmm. You got Spotify. You got Google Play Music. If anyone has an, an issue with Google Play Music or Spotify, let us know. We got you covered. We'll figure that we'll out. We'll do our best. And also, <laughs> all of our social. We got Twitter at onlystupidanswers. You got the vows from stupid. Instagram, Facebook, Reddit. 
And we're on Discord. Boom. Boom. Can't get there unless you're part of the patrons. So something we like to start off each episode with is jumping into what we are into this week. Because, you know, we might have discovered something new and fun that we're excited to share with you. Ian's walking around. He's trying to find something. No, you're good. You can bozo your right. <laughs> What? Yeah, well, it's, yeah. Well, it's fine. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> uh, no, we uh, like this week. I we did have a seg. We have a new segment on our show called "What We're Into." Yes. It was a fun way of evolving what we already do on this podcast. Yes. But that's not just like we're not just like throwing like vomiting up every like new thing that we've discovered. We really focus in and do like in depth reviews or like uh, convention coverage. Or there's a lot of stuff you're missing out if you're not watching live 4 p.m. PST twitch.tv. But here, what have, you, what have you been up to this week that you're in, into? This. Mainly this. Mainly this. All right. Uh, but I do uh, I do read a comic or two what? every once in a while. Have and you read I, Saga yet? Nope. That's a no-go. But I did read... I need somebody to talk to about it. A different comic. How did you feel about it? Hey, you know what? Do you want to talk about that for what you're into? Do you have no, another No, I got thing? a good one. But yeah, go I, will, I, will say, I will say real quick, um, I... Uh, Saga's in a tremendous comic it's really well done but I kind of hate the most recent issue I kind of hate what happens Ooh. Uh, and, but don't, Ooh. don't worry I got a full year to process it before, <laughs> before, before another it issue back. no it's, it's incredibly well written and it's, it's good so it's just, it's just uh, uh, emotionally challenging stuff that happens in the most recent issue and when you find out I knew going in it was going to be that because it's like hey we're going to take a year break it's like okay well something happens mm-hmm. the, you know what I mean uh, so anyway but that's not what I'm into what I'm into this week is I rewatched Spider-Man 3 mm-hmm. oh you did, I did. I, we talked about it when we saw Mission Impossible well, yeah, which by the way this episode is going to be about action movies so tell us about the yeah. action in Spider-Man so, so I am a huge fan of Sam Raimi's Spider-Man movies uh, specifically 1 and 2 I have not seen I've watched rewatched those movies I own them I've rewatched them uh, uh, very regularly. Mm-hmm. Three I've not seen again since I first saw it in theaters over ten, like eleven years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, and, it's been that long. Yeah, and like a lot of people, I remember being very, very like offensively bad, right? Uh, which <laughs> like is like a I have, middle finger to you. <laughs> but uh, it's uh, ten years have happened since then, and not only there, not only have there been other Spider-Man movies, there have been a significantly more superhero movies. At least ten. Yeah. So it was it was interesting going back and rewatching it and realizing that it's actually a pretty solid. It is easily the weakest of the Sam Raimi Spider-Man movies. Which that really like hurt it. That hurt. Yeah, it that lot, hurt yeah. it. And also, but those that's also a really high bar. Those first two movies are basically the template for every superhero movie that's come since, mm-hmm. essentially. Um, and. Uh, so rewatching it, it's actually really solid. It has some really beautiful moments in it. Um, it's it's I would I would argue that it's a very good movie right up until they really invest in the black suit stuff. Mm. Uh, specifically, there's two scenes back to back that are some of the worst scenes in any superhero movie, and that's the thing that everybody yeah, I, for the most part that's the thing everybody remembers except for me. I remember one of those scenes, which is when Peter's the montage where he's on the street and his hair is slicked and he's getting new clothes and he's like dancing in the street and everything with like. The landlord's wife, daughter, I don't remember, yeah. That's the scene I remember not liking. I completely blocked from my memory the scene where he goes into the bar to basically taunt Mary Jane with Gwen Stacy. Mm. And then there's a whole dance number in that. Mm. On the chair. And that is how we judge this movie. Mm -hmm. And I don't think that's fair. In hindsight, going back and revisiting the movie, I don't think it's fair that it's judged. Those two scenes, very bad. I don't think it's fair that the whole movie gets judged because of those two scenes. Here's a rebuttal. Okay. If it's memeable, we're allowed to make fun of it. (laughs) 
I, I'm not saying don't make fun of those scenes. I'm I think saying they deserve you, it. <laughs> I th- I'm saying if you revisit the movie as a whole, I think the the creativity uh, behind the action sequences, specifically with Sandman, uh, like the visual stuff that they do with Sandman, is really uh, amazing. Also, um, the sequence where w- once he was in, once he's been in the whatever the collider, whatever that thing is, he stumbles into. But when he once turns he's, into Sandman, once he's made into Sandman, and he and he first emerges, and he's trying to reconstruct himself, it's it almost functions as his own short film and it's beautiful and it's poetic there's also a little scene where Aunt May is describing how Uncle Ben gave her her wedding ring Mm. which is something that superhero movies just don't invest in anymore is these beautiful little character moments like I would love to see Marissa Tomei get a moment like that in one of these Spider-Man Homecoming movies because it's very revealing of her character and also informs Peter and where he's at and it's also a really elegant reminder of the backbone of this entire franchise which is the death of Uncle Ben and also backbone to that movie because they introduced that Sandman is actually the killer which plays a lot better in hindsight than it did when I first saw it. Uh, yeah, because it kind of felt like a weird it's like what the retcon. hell? Yeah, uh, I, you did mention those like those the heartfelt moments, and you're forgetting when Drax was invisible in the newest <laughs> Infinity War movie, and when would we be able to take the time to do that in a Spider-Man movie? Good point. Go ahead and suck sure. on that. Sure, uh, but I also say that the he's talking about action. We're talking about action stuff today. The action scene where uh, uh, Peter fights um, Harry uh, early on in the movie when he's the new Goblin, which by the way, with the flying snowboard. Yeah, they were very much trying to be like, hey don't worry we're not going to do any of that lame green goblin stuff here's all the new cool stuff and that hasn't aged very well but <laughs> that sequence that sequence uh the fights with the, with sandman um uh, even to a degree the last fight although that's kind of when the whales have gone off they shouldn't have done the venom stuff i love venom I, I, he's one of my favorite spider-man villains arguably he's actually my favorite spider-man villain uh they shouldn't they just they, it, it derails the whole movie even yeah. though thematically it connects with the idea that i think is interesting to explore where, where peter's kind of feeling himself too much mm-hmm. and he needs to he needs to be brought down a peg it's almost like uh uh an explanation of like why peter needs to have parker luck like or else he's gonna be a jerk like he needs to be humbled continuously mm. yeah <laughs> um even though the venom stuff kind of like pairs well with that it just it, it throws the entire movie off because also like so much stuff is happening from every different angle at least at the very least with like all the multiple people they try to add to um Amazing Spider-Man 2, I really don't like that movie. Uh, I tried to rewatch it once, and I was like, nah, I'm going to yeah. stop. But at least everything kind of connected back to one thing like that was a little, yeah. that you could understand. In that movie, you have origins for like three different characters from three different things. Well, and it's tough, too, with Spider-Man 3. all three. connect to Peters very specifically and personally. Yeah, it's, um, and it's weird that because of Venom, they have to go through the trouble of introducing Eddie Brock, even though there's at least two characters that could have filled that role that we'd already established. Ooh. One is Harry, because mm-hmm. the, the, reasons, the reason Harry hates Peter makes sense and also they really they give him more reasons to hate Peter throughout that movie mm-hmm. um, also um, considering the, the symbiote comes from spa- uh, symbiote comes from space wow. whatever anyway, wow. <laughs> uh, uh, the um, Jameson the, the, hey, Jonah I, Jameson no his son the, in Spider-Man 2 that's supposed to marry Mary Jane uh, the astronaut. He's supposed to marry Mary Jane, and then Peter wrecks the wedding essentially. Mm. And it's like he's already an astronaut that has a reason to hate both Peter and Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. He could be the reason it comes back. Like it's there. It's all. It's all there. You know right. what I mean? Okay, but like you have a good pitch for it. 
what it like wouldn't people be upset with that because you're not getting your Eddie Brock? I know people aren't happy with that Venom interpretation, but what could you especially you could imagine then, especially then because I, I think the only real Venom at that point maybe Matt Gargan was Venom at that point, but traditionally it was Eddie. Yeah. Now enough people we've had Flash, we've had there's in the cartoon, Ultimate Spider Man cartoon, it was uh, it was Harry. Mm. Enough people have been Venom that I think you could get away with it. Yeah. Then I think there would have been it would have, would not have been as well received. Yeah, it's or could you mind boggling if people just didn't let directors do what they wanted to do in a movie because thematically it made sense. No. They had to give you your goddamn dumb character looking the way you want them to. But rewatching it, I, I really I really did enjoy it, and um uh and it's I think it's worth revisiting and and relooking. It's definitely not like a Batman and Robin situation. <laughs> no, it did. Yeah. I don't remember it like that. I just remember being super let down by yeah. it. Uh, not upset. Uh, no, there's stuff that... Uh, the dancing Again, is... those two scenes are really... I'm, I'm not defending those two scenes. Mm-hmm. They, they could easily just cut those from the movie. Uh, I, well, I wanted to mention, I really wanted to try to watch Castle Rock before we recorded. I watched the first episode. Uh, and? It's fine. Okay, it's there. Yeah. All right, so then I'm not going to talk about that. But uh, no. I will say, if you guys want a fun horror story to pick up, Justice League Dark, uh, written by James Tinian, I'm excited to check uh, it out. came out. It, is it going to change your world? No, but it's very the art's beautiful, and I like the setup for what they're doing right now. It's you got all the spooky characters and Man Bat being there. Yeah, it's a very cool. It's a very cool take on the character. Cool. Basically, it's um, what's the best way to describe it? It's um. What's a character that has to control like a transformation all the time? Uh, in the Mummy Hulk. movie, Hulk, uh, yeah. kind of like Amadeus, like that. It's kind of like that he can't fully change back into a person. He's yeah. kind of like basically he looks like a scientist with a bow tie on, but his head looks like a bat. Cool. And he is the scientist in it. He's That's the fun. one who's That's trying cool. to understand. Like he's looking at dead That's bodies. That's a great use of that character. It is. Yeah. It's very cool. And you have Detective Chimp. Love Not it. gonna dive into who that is. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and uh, they finished up Flash War with uh, Wally West yeah. and kind of explaining it. And the best part of that comic specifically was Wallace, who they're calling the younger one, which yeah. I feel like you should have swapped it and called the older one Wallace because it sounds like sounds like an older name, mm-hmm. but whatever. Or just merge your character. No, but this is what they bring up. Actually, they're like uh, Wally, uh, the younger Wally. Uh, went to the future when this whole thing, this whole event started, and he was stuck there walking through the, the Flash Museum yeah. from before Flashpoint. It hadn't changed. It still looks the way it did before Flashpoint. Yeah. And he's like, yeah, I'm not here. Yeah. I'm not supposed to exist. I know, like, he knows the truth of it now. Yeah. So he's really fucking pissed at Barry. He's yeah. like, no, I'm a mistake. Then, like, he, that's how he feels. And Barry's like, no, you're not. And, like, he, so he runs off, and he's going to be in the Teen Titans book right now. And I yeah. like the setup where he's angry. Like, and he yeah. has literally every right to be. Because yeah. he's like, well, how could you even possibly deal with that? And I yeah. like that. Um, but also, I've been watching Nathan for you. If you guys want a good uh, comedy, the premise is this guy, this Canadian businessman. <laughs> who, uh, air quotes. Air quotes. Oh, sorry, he has a business degree from a college, and he got really good grades there. That's yeah. how like, the opening of the show starts out. He helps out L.A.-based businesses or California-based businesses that are struggling with just awful ideas. Like, Great. awful, awful ideas. One of my favorites was um, uh, a restaurant wanted to get more recognition. They had gotten nothing, and they're like, well, restaurants, uh, Nathan's idea is that uh, restaurants get recognition when celebrities come and leave a really big tip. Yeah. So we're going to fake a celebrity sighting coming to this restaurant and leaving like a $10,000 tip. And they're like, okay. So what they have to do is they find a perfect impersonator. Yeah. 
they get Michael Richards. Nice. And if you're unfamiliar with that actor's <laughs> name, I didn't know who that was. That's mm-hmm. Kramer. And you're like, mm-hmm. and they mainly pick him because the owner of the restaurant is like, oh, yeah, he does a good job. And you're like, you want to go with Michael Richards. Mm-hmm. If you guys are unfamiliar, go ahead and just Google him. He's mm-hmm. not had the best track record. They have to do that. They have to find a credit. They have to open a credit card under Michael Richards yeah. and find a person with that name. And then they have to fake all of that to get some recognition for this. It's so funny of how the lengths they will go to make this stupid thing yeah. happen. They get a smoke detector registered as a musical instrument by creating a whole band and getting in a feud with Shell, the gas company. Like, it's great. It's such a, it's so, like, I can't even describe it fully, like, how crazy it gets. But highly recommend you should check it out. All right, I'm going to stop you right there just for a second because I want to okay. actually talk about our friends <gasps> over at ZipRecruiter. Hello, ZipRecruiter. This is pretty cool because hiring is a challenge, all right? It sure it's is. extremely challenging, but there's one place you can go. Yes, you, where hiring is simple, fast, and smart. A place where growing businesses connect to qualified candidates. That place, it's in your dreams, but also in reality over at ZipRecruiter.com slash stupid. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, boy, do we have a deal with you. ZipRecruiter sends your job. If you got a job out there and you need somebody, they're going to send it to over 100 of the web's leading job boards, but they don't stop there, no, no. With their powerful matching technology, ZipRecruiter scans thousands of resumes to find people with the right experience and invite them to apply to your job as applications come in. ZipRecruiter analyzes each of them with their technology. They spotlight. If you are wondering what that sound was, it is that's, that's technology. technology right there. <laughs> that's, all te- that's the group of technology that <laughs> works at, the, at ZipRecruiter. They'll spotlight the top candidates so you never miss a great match. And ZipRecruiter is so effective that 80% of employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a qualified candidate through the site within the first day. That's incredible. With results like that, it's no wonder that ZipRecruiter is the highest rated hiring site in America. Oh boy. And right now, our listeners can try ZipRecruiter for free mm-hmm. at this exclusive web address, ZipRecruiter.com slash stupid. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash S-T-U-P-I-D. ZipRecruiter.com slash stupid. It's the smartest way to hire. Thank you, and back to the show. But let's move into the meat of the story. Thank you guys uh, for tuning in, because uh, we saw Mission Impossible earlier this week, and yeah, we put out, uh, if you're on Patreon, you got an early access, longer review from us. Uh, hope you, hopefully you enjoy it. Don't worry, it's spoiler-free if you haven't seen the movie yet. But also, youtube.com slash onlystupidanswers. You can get a spoiler-free review, a little bit smaller. Yeah. Go check it out. Love when you give it a like and you comment. Just saying. Just FYI. Just F. Why? Uh, but doing so much content like that, it just got us thinking because this movie, the action scenes are, we've talked about this in the review, but the movie is basically built around an action scene, yeah. specifically the helicopter scene in the movie. Uh, don't worry, you won't get spoilers for uh, Mission Impossible Fallout. But I we may we'll, drop one at the very last thing of the episode. There you go. But uh, for Stay the most tuned. part, for the most part, you'll be you'll be good to <laughs> yeah. listen. Um, but it just got us think. It got me thinking. Uh, what makes a good action scene? Because we've talked about it. And I yes. know you specifically love movies where. That, well, I mean, who doesn't actually? I did. I threw it to you. But who doesn't love a movie? where you can see the care and effort they took to make the action feel believable, like you can feel the punches, like in Creed. There's yeah. a great example of, you get a Ryan Coogler, uh, his, I think it's his second movie, yeah, his second Fruitvale big movie. Station, then Creed. And then yeah. Creed, and there's this amazing scene during the final fight where the camera's wrapping around both of the, fi- the boxers in the ring, and you can feel it. It feels like meaty punches uh, yeah. are, like, you can feel the connection with them. And it really adds something to the movie yeah. when you can connect, when you can actually connect with the main character and feel their pain 
uh, throughout the movie. No. And I wanted to get into. We want to feel their pain. Uh, don't we? I mean, <laughs> we kind of do. Like, why do we love rom-coms? Because we want to feel the love that those people feel. We no. watch scary movies because we want to be scared, but we want to be removed enough. Yeah. And with action movies, we want to feel that kind of, that, that what we imagine a hero would go through without actually going through the physical trauma that yeah. they have to go through. Hey, get one of those punches to the head and you'd probably be really bad at riding a bike. I'll be, t- I'll be honest. <laughs> Just FYI. Just FYI. Just throwing like, that out there. A punch to the temple. Like, we know that Michael B. Jordan took two punches in that movie. Yeah. No, thank you. <laughs> I don't want that at all. What was the first, like, real honest-to-goodness action movie you remember seeing? That, not, like, not a superhero movie, sci-fi, mm. whatever, like, action movie. The one, the action movie that doesn't uh, have as much, like, hand-to-hand combat would be Speed. Speed was the movie we had Speed on in our... Speed is great. It is, and Speed we, is legitimately great. That bus it, jump is in ridiculous. It, it makes no... <laughs> physics-wise... Like, it's not, there, it's not like one, is, one of the uh, roads is higher than the other. It, they're just... You should have just, just fallen right off. Yeah, it just anyway, but it's a great movie. It is, and we had it on all the time, and that that, that I think that started my love for action films. Yeah. And I think uh, when I started to realize how uh, how an action scene, the direction of it, could really get you invested into the character and to the story, uh, I think it's Creed. Actually, like it's pretty late in my life, but yeah. I realized just how powerful, uh, well directed action scene. Uh, can affect an audience. Mm-hmm. What up for you? What was the first action uh, movie? I think the first action movie I really remember seeing would probably be Indiana Jones, uh, probably Raiders. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think I, I, I really enjoy uh, that genre quite a bit. And it's it's I highly recommend there's a, a, a series of articles on AV Club called A History of Violence that goes through each year picking the biggest... Um, uh, action movie of that year mm-hmm. and it kind of gives you a good like trajectory of the genre mm-hmm. um, throughout the years because I think like a good action movie when it's working at its best it, it should almost kind of function like a musical mm-hmm. like where the, the musical numbers spring out of uh, like emotions are so high the stakes are so high what what's going on with the characters and the story is so high that they just it breaks out into song mm-hmm. same for action movie except it's people punching each other Hey, you can, punch you, know each other. I mean? you can like, still punch each other in those fights. Hey, we've seen that in no. like Shaun of the Dead when you see them fighting to exactly. the tune of uh, Queen's Rocket Man. Ooh, oh, I'm feeling no, awful right no. now. Uh, You're going to tear me up. Please uh, tweet g- g- me the link I, to actually, that. Actually, the, the probably the perfect bridge between musical and action movie is uh, Baby Driver. See, I that's put a, that that's in the Discord sen- chat. That's essentially a musical. The tequila uh, gunfight when they're trying yeah. to do the gun deal, and it goes it goes south really, really fast because I think they're mm. undercover cops. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it's been a minute. I think I only saw that in theaters once, and I haven't revisited it. I, I do want to revisit it. It's really good. Um, but I remember that how well executed that action was. And yeah. Edgar Wright does that does a really good job when it comes to action. Uh, somebody actually in the Discord chat mentioned uh, World's End. That's not my favorite Edgar Wright movie, and it's, it's still real good though. It is. It just personally, wasn't... I enjoyed that more than Scott Pilgrim. I know I'm the minority on that one, but mm, I. But they mentioned the bathroom fight scene when they first realize yeah. what's happening in the town. Yeah. Um, and it, I do remember that being really memorable, and I remember the physical, like the the physical props they used for the like robotics, and I yeah. thought that was really cool. Yeah. It's, I, it, it, also, uh, Steve Zaragoza did an interview with uh, Edgar Wright, Simon Pegg, and um, Nick Frost. I was in that room. About that movie. Yeah. Um, and they talked about how, because he, he asked them, Steve's really good at interviews. He is. Steve's crazy good at it. Anyway, he was asking about like the mix of like, like uh, or, or how you utilize special effects. And Edgar Wright said something really smart about the idea of like, you kind of want to mix it up. You don't want to keep using the same thing because that's what keeps the audience 
makes it makes it feel more real because you don't necessarily know is that a CGI effect or is that a practical effect or whatever. Keep them on their toes. Yeah, um, and he's really it's why his movies take forever to come out. They do, they uh, take and so why long. He, he's probably not the ideal director to do a Marvel movie <gasps> in hindsight. Zoop. Uh, but hey, no one was really claiming Ant Man, so yeah. they're like, oh, go for it. Take That's, all the time in the world. Pretty much the only reason that movie exists. Probably. Yes. And now there's a sequel, and yeah. now he has a, one of our favorite moments in Civil War, which is another yep. movie that has really thoughtful and emotionally heavy action. I think emotions also tie into it because, like I've mentioned Creed, I'm going to come back to that a few times because it meant so much to me. Yeah. Also worth mentioning, Die Hard was a really important movie for me when Die I was Hard, I up. think, is probably uh, the platonic ideal of an action movie because uh, early, I, it just is, it, it's not only is the action great, but it's, the, it's, it's fun, it's engaging, it says something about who this character is. I think it's also a good example of, Indiana Jones is another great example of this, the original three, of uh, uh, that I think uh, what really elevates an action movie is the mm, it can be the it, maybe this is true in most cases the reality of it mm-hmm. um, and what, what with Die Hard what makes it feel real is John McClane and this is not true of the later Die Hard movies he gets the shit kicked out of him yes. like he's he's basically just holding it together by the end no the best example of us connecting with him and seeing that he's not he's not a superhuman is yeah. when he's pulling the glass out of his feet yeah. and you just see that like he's definitely nerfed now he can't yeah. do even though he was doing some pretty impressive feats or like when he's trying to climb down the uh, the air conditioning yeah. shaft and he almost misses it and you can just like there's a, like a tactile response or like you can feel that movie there's a scene in Mission Impossible Fallout where Tom Cruise is supposed to crawl up something and he ju- and he's struggling to get his foot up and mm. and you in that moment at least for me I could put myself in that position and then he falls and you're like I'd be dead I'd be so dead yeah, I'd be I, dead right there there's no way I would grip anything as yeah. on my way down but, like, but I've done very poorly at indoor <laughs> rock climbing <laughs> I'm so bad at rock climbing. Um, but I, I, the reason I hesitated on the reality of it is I started thinking about the Fast and Furious movies, which I really enjoy. And they, of course, are insane. But there's still that tactile, like like uh, in Fast 8, which is probably one of the most ridiculous of the modern Fast movies. There's a scene where they, the hacker, Charlize Theron's hacker starts making zombie cars that are throwing themselves out of, out of parking structures. And they really drove cars out of parking structures with explosions and stuff like that. And so even though the f- physics don't work the same in that movie as mm-hmm. our movie, there's still a tactile realness. Like in Fast Five, uh, when they pull the, that giant safe and drag it down the street. Because the physics makes sense. They did that. Yeah. That really, really, no, I mean, really, they did that. Yeah. Um, obviously, it was not as, uh, they didn't do as much property damage as, as in the movie. But as like, much. As much. But like, and so even in a movie like that, that is, you've got uh, 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 the Rock's muscles, which are a special effect in and of themselves. The, Practical, there is, of course. There's still that, like, tactileness, that, that reality that makes you feel like when that fight's going on, you feel like people are really getting hit, you know? I think it kind of comes back to the emotional weight of the movie. If we are able to get invested in the movie, uh, like I said, Creed, I'm going to bring that back around because it, cause we can understand what his relationship is to his father and what yeah. bo- boxing ha- means a lot more than it does any other fighter in the ring because of not, not only the legacy of the character, which yeah. I think is an interesting take on it, um, but, what, and, but also how he deals with his own problems like his emotional frustrations like he did not have an easy time growing up yeah he clearly didn't have like a strong father figure in any way and the only way he can connect with that person is by doing the same thing he did regardless of what it does to himself and he it's not a healthy way that he's able to deal with his emotions but you get a moment near the end when he is fighting and you can really feel him pouring out his own heart even though you're not you didn't have to hear him say anything you could just see that the way that the director chose to capture uh that scene yeah um 
you're able to understand what this means emotionally to uh, to uh, Creed. I'm blanking on the main Adonis. character. Adon- yeah. Of course, yeah, of course, yeah. that's his main. That's his. Uh, Donnie, that's yeah, his yeah. name. Um, but I did want to mention we have a Patreon question. Thank you so much for sending those in from Kendra Davis. In live action, I like scenes that truly show a character's power on a scale that is understood to us. That's a great way yeah. of summing it up. And their example is the No Man's Land scene in Wonder Woman. It shows her actual strength, but animation is my first love to the creativity. Uh, that being said, what is your favorite animated uh, action scene? That's a great one we should come back yeah, around it's to. it's definitely going to be either something from Korra or Voltron. Yes, they said <laughs> mine currently is the big fight between Shiro and Keith in the last season of Voltron. That was really good. We'll come back to that, but actually... That really good. That is... But bringing up Wonder Woman, they specifically let's talk about the action there because they utilize slow motion Snyder vision yeah. quotes I didn't come up with that that's an internet thing yeah. uh, which that he, is just science it's the scientific name for that he invented it <laughs> yeah. uh, but the use of slow motion sometimes can be gimmicky and a yeah. lot of people can get turned off from it I didn't though in Wonder Woman because the point of this was to show her power but also her grace and yeah. so you seeing her unleash it means a lot and when they take the time to show you like her splintering a gun with like her back muscles just, yeah. just, yeah. and it, it's clearly taking her no effort it's no effort to her whatsoever yeah. but the way they're capturing it and they're weighing, you, the way you can see how fluid she is with her action of like you see her running through the French town and she's blocking bullets and she's like knocking things down and she's gonna jump from building to building to get up and take out the rest of the German sh- soldiers inside that building yeah. it, it it's kind of beautiful yes. and spe- specifically the no man's land scene utilizing that action and her taking on uh, the trenches by herself it brought a tear to my eye because it Definitely. not only embodied everything that I love about the superhero genre in a very short scene. You, mm-hmm. There was emotional weight leading up to it and you can see that she's going through a lot yeah. of her trying to process how the world does not work the way that she she was told it does. Yeah. Uh, but also seeing the way that she was trained, uh, you get a sense of how she could change the world around her yeah. with what she knows and what she can do. It's interesting too because I, you know, I, I'd argue that a woman or a, a movie like Wonder Woman is not technically an action movie; it's a superhero film. And I, Creed, I would argue, is, is technically a sports film, yeah, not action film. But even in those movies that in- include action sequences, that that care and attention put into it adds a lot to your movie. Like you could treat um, you could treat those scenes as superfluous, but if you take the time to really imbue them with like you were talking about with Creed a lot the the emotionality of it um, while also still being dope like you could have the emotion but if it still wasn't a dope action scene man you know what I mean like but but not only so not only is there emotionality in Creed but uh, but the, the the way it's choreographed and put together is excellent same with uh, uh, No Man's Land in, in Wonder Woman well think about this for a second you mentioned the emotional aspect and I, it got me thinking uh, and you also mentioned the reality, and that that was also got me thinking. Uh, when we can see that it, this is affecting our hero in some way, yeah. um, that also helps us connect. Like when you see, like again, Creed seeing him take a hit that lays him out, yeah. like that he literally hit the mat, and he in real life had to like probably take a like a week off so that he could mm-hmm. heal up. Um, when we, uh, I think the, another great example of that is the Daredevil hallway fight scene in yep. the first season because we're seeing him, he's exhausted. Yeah. But also there's emotional weight because he sees himself in this kid. Yeah. He lost his father and he, he, maybe Daredevil might be adjacently attached to why this kid might not have a father anymore. Not really, but you can yeah. see how he could see it that way. Yeah. So he's willing to lay it all on the line to get that kid back. It's also a really well, smartly choreographed scene that uh, uh, kind of, I would quote, 
the old boy an old boy is definitely not an action movie it's more of a thriller um, but it does have one of the most iconic action scenes in any movie ever what is um, it? it the hallway fight there's a single take mm. hallway fight uh, that's all that's all shot from the side almost like a like a side scrolling beat em up mm-hmm. um, but it, it's it's really great and I, you know I think that that reality the reality that tangibility uh, that relatability I think it plays into what makes cinema good when it's working is empathy like like even you think about a good horror movie if you you are supposed to feel scared with the characters that is where um going right to the top shelf hereditary mm-hmm. uh at least for me did a really good job of like i was in with that i could see myself in the even though they're dealing with supernatural things i could see myself in the position of this family mm-hmm. which made it a more harrowing experience and and, and to a degree a more cathartic experience and i think when it's not working um is when it's it's a passive watching experience where you are you are watching things happening but you no part of you is connecting to what's going on and that's hard to do that's really yeah, hard to do yeah. and if it, it was easy anybody could do it i know but <laughs> that's a very good point yeah. uh like you might have the perfect idea at home you're like oh my god if we yeah, just did it this way find a way and and i think there's i can't remember a specific movie but there's been plenty of times where you, you and i've seen a movie and we've talked about it and if you on paper you wrote down the concept the concept's dope hey look, okay, look. but you're just not invested in what's happening so it doesn't let's pick an example transformers movies the last one <laughs> infuriated us please check out that episode because it's one of my favorite of how upset we are but i don't even know if the action sequences on paper are, are good in that one but okay well if you whittled it down you're having giant robots fight each other and you actually get to see a man take on a robot one-on-one and for some reason he can actually never mind this is <laughs> i'm sorry i tried yeah, so you did try. it was hard. a valiant it was a valiant it was a valiant effort I'm like, hold on before we continue with that let's take a quick second and say hey to a buddy of ours tim did you know wedding season is upon us sweet no, I didn't know. <laughs> Wait, I do have a wedding coming I, thought, up. I hope that reaction was sweet. Yeah. Yeah. So excited I about it. I freaking love weddings. <laughs> so for all the weddings Sam is super excited about, he is going to be going all out. When you're bringing a date, you want to look fresh, but it has to be convenient. We know how challenging it is to find the right tux. Thank God for the blacktux.com. You just oh actually reminded me of there's a lot of weddings that I just uh, agreed I was going to go to so please continue because but I'm going to need you're to so write excited this down. About I'm actually going to write this down when you talk. The Black Tux has awesome suits and tuxedos in all kinds of styles Good. and you rent them online. Wait a minute. Love it. The Black Tux offers the kinds of suits and tuxedo styles that would normally be wildly expensive to buy and you only wear it once. I I have a tuxedo that I've only worn once, spent a lot of money on it. It's just sitting in my closet, all right? And if you told me I had an opportunity to rent something like the Emerald Shawl tuxedo, it is funky, it is cool, but let's be honest, how many times are you going to wear it on your day-to-day? Me? I'd wear it like three times a week. But a normal <laughs> but, but person, for me, But yeah. for me, not so much. So that's where the blacktux.com comes in. To so try out a new look, do something different, and take your style to the next level. With the Black Tux free home try-on, you can see the fit and feel the quality of your suit months before your event. Super important. After ordering, your suit will arrive 14 days before the event. Ooh, that's helpful. If anything is less than perfect, the Black Tux will send you a placement right away. And remember how simple returns are. Wear it, turn heads, then send it back three days after the event. Shipping is free both ways. I love that free shipping. I can't tell you how much it means to me. Wow. wow. Stand out at your event for the right reasons with the Black Tux. I know this sounds too good to be true, but I am going to check out the website as soon as we're done here. But... Listen to this. We've got a deal for you. You can get $20 off of your purchase, hot dang, when you visit theblacktux.com slash stupid. 
Go ahead and write that down. Here it goes. Ready? That's theblacktux.com slash stupid for $20 off your purchase. The Black Tux, premium rental suits and tuxedos delivered. Now back to the show. So real quick, uh, the other part of that question was animated action scene. It's hard to think, but it's definitely... it. Think about like the finale of Avatar: The Last Airbender. Mm-hmm. There's like four or five action scenes in that that are just incredible. No, and they're yes. Oh wow! I, in Justice League Unlimited. Uh, I can I can think of a few. I know the one. It, the best one, the best action scene in the Justice League Unlim- the Justice League shows for me is the Flash scene because it's the perfect it's way. It's it is the it's perfect great. thing that I always want to show people. It's like, hey, watch these episodes and see the importance of him yeah. and what he means to everyone else. And that and, Flash is Wally West, by the way. Oh, uh, hey, we talked about this actually on a bonus episode, and I haven't said it here, but yeah. I could. I could do an episode of why people should shh about Wally not being on the Flash TV show. I have a I have a pretty good <laughs> okay. reason of why it won't make the show better. But anyways, uh, I, the Wally scene where he takes down Lex Brainiac, whatever's yeah. happening there, you Lexi see him, uh, you see him giving it his all, and yeah. there's an emotional weight to that because here's a quick setup for you uh, that we find out in an alternate universe where the Justice League kind of goes crazy and goes becomes evil it's because they lose the Flash and that's yeah. it's heavy and it's Luther's fault specifically and basically all of our main players including the villains are become aware of this other world and they try their best not to get to that point yeah. and usually like the story that we've heard forever and ever is that when you try to avoid a future a possible future uh, taking the steps to avoid it might lead to it and yeah. that's kind of what we are leading that's what we that's been implying for seasons and it comes down to this moment where we actually it's not the same circumstances but we might see Wally die and he's able to put his entire life on the line for a different reason uh, and he almost sacrifices himself to save his friends and save the planet. And it's yeah. like, it's this awesome moment of power that I absolutely love. But I did uh, want to mention, because we talked about, um, it, sometimes scenes aren't going to work. And I think uh, yeah. an, another great reason why we can connect with um, an action scene is because of the character and also the actor and what they can bring to the table. Yeah. Specifically, I want to mention the Kingsman scene because that was actually mentioned the most in our Discord. It was in our story section. You guys suggested the Kingsman uh, church fight scene yeah. many times and while there is a plethora of CG in that scene yeah. I still think that scene means a lot because of how much we connected with Clive Owen uh, not Clive Owen no, uh, wrong, uh, wrong. Co- Colin Firth yeah. sorry British black hair white dude mm-hmm. It's yeah. he's also in a lot of action movies yeah. as well um, but Colin Firth's character in that movie he's so charming and uh, you can see, in knowing behind the scenes you know how much he actually cared about that specific scene how long he trained so mm-hmm. that he could be able to pull off a lot of the stuff that happens in that yeah. and it's all one take so it, it's like this spectacle that we're able to engage with and while it is kind of disgusting at some points because yeah. it's so violent uh, there's no way you don't like kind of leave with your jaw drop because yeah. of what they're able to pull off yeah uh, and I just needed to give a shout out to that I specifically in our discord we had uh, J Shark 111 they suggested that one mm. that was the first one to point it we out we have a question here from Zachary Blake do you guys have a favorite long take or single take fight scene and shout out to Catherine Houlihan mm. uh, who throws out two right off the bat the the protector fight scene which uh, which is in a restaurant which is fantastic and also Old Boy again not technically an action movie but that scene um, is it's amazing also the movie's amazing it is a Park Chan-wook movie so it's uh, a little gruesome mm-hmm. it, not just in violence it's just a 
uh, those can be challenging movies to watch. So forewarn, <laughs> forewarning, but it's an excellent movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, the long takes, I think Kingsman is up there for me. They no. attempted to do it again in the sequel, and it wasn't the same no. uh, because we no. didn't. It was all over the place with no. what they were trying to do. A lot of studio notes. I feel. Well, like. speaking of, uh, speaking of long takes, there's one in um, Fallout, which is a which is a, a Halo jump, which I don't know if they really shot that or. What they did, yeah, in that. To, to, it's an incredible sequence, though. Um, and also, you know what? Uh, the Mission Impossible movies do get a lot of one takes, and they're running, and it's usually running, and you can see that it it displays that Ethan Hunt might be a little supernatural, Tom Hanks might be a little supernatural. Tom Hanks, uh, yep. That's what his name is. I would love to see a whole version. I want to go to an alternate reality where the Mission Impossible movies star Tom Hanks. That's the Da Vinci Code. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's sadder because he, you know, he's in shape, but he's uh, like, he's not Tom Cruise. He's not Tom Cruise. Tom Cruise is insane. You remember in Rogue Nation when he's being tortured and he has his shirt off and then he like, he's on a pole and he like climbs up backwards. Mm-hmm. It's insane. It's insane. It doesn't that make means any like, sense. That means like 50. It's insane. He is older than you think. Yes. Yeah. He's closer to 60 than you think good for him yes good for, but it also hurts because yeah. i could not get even close to any of that but it, the first uh, because i haven't seen the first two mission impossible yeah, i can't which are, i do recommend both are good uh but in the third one you actually get this when they're running it's uh they're in a asian country near the, the climax of the film yeah and you see uh tom cruise's character running through the streets and it's this long take where he's telling people to get out of the way but it doesn't cut and there's nothing really specific happening besides him just running through the streets yeah. and you got it again in fallout uh i think there's a also some scenes in Rogue Nation and in Ghost Protocol Ghost Protocol thank you so much silly names Um, you get uh, some scenes like that but I remember in 3 and now 6 this series has been going for 22 years by the way that's insane (laughs) as well that it can be that old um but it is, it's it, those scenes you can really connect with because you can see that like he's giving his all. Yeah. And it well, means I think that's a, it's another uh, testament to the the performers that really another one that does does this a lot. Uh, and which is we it's weird to think about that probably one of our greatest action icons in history um, is Keanu Reeves. Because <laughs> if you think about it, not only has he has he been in uh, Point Break, uh, which is a classic action film, Speed. The Matrix and John Wick, like he's in a lot of our greatest American action franchises. He's the center, the focal point. It's just surprising because you think you think a bigger, beefier guys, but he's one of those performers that really throws himself into the work and could dismantle me. Mm-hmm. Like if we got in a fight, yes. he could dis- he could legitimately love well, actors fake it, but he could legitimately dismantle me. You know what I mean? No, hundred uh, percent, totally. And, on the and same you think page. about a lot of other, uh, you know, the a, a whole lot of charisma and a whole lot of uh, gumption to do the action stuff, like um, uh, uh, the Meg. What, why am I blanking right Jason now? Statham. Jason Statham, the Transporters is, movie, the specifically in the first Transporter movie because that's the one that everyone's going to remember. Yeah. When he's, the, the oil fight scene when he's yeah. on like he made some makeshift skates and he's built oil all over a parking lot whatever he was yeah. doing it's a br- it's a brutal physical scene that movie i f- it's uh it feels tangible and i feel like yeah. that's the best way i could describe it because as a kid i was like why does it feel like i'm watching a hidden camera like the whole time it's yeah. like it's not shot that way but the world feels real like yeah. you could touch it and even though he's doing like superhuman things sometimes even but it's just it's crazy how they're able to capture that speaking of long takes we saw a movie at fantastic fest brawl and saw block 99 uh, where wow. S, S. Craig uh, Zoller, the director of that, talked about he he uh, uh, I think the way he phrased it was he perceived cuts as like as like they would chip away at the suspension of disbelief. So the longer you could stay on a scene, the more trust you built with the audience. Mm-hmm. You know, that's a cool way of looking at it. Uh, not an action movie, but Unbreakable. 
it's surprising how many single takes are in that movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very few times do they cut to a different angle. It's usually scenes that start very far back, slowly zoom in, and then they pull back out again, yeah. which is cool. But not an action movie, but I did want to read. Uh, there was a, many people who brought up the Civil War airport fight scene, which we brought up as well. Yes. But uh, Land Stander mentions the, um, the big fight slash escape at the farm in Logan where Laura first shows up. Yeah. Um, because, well, one, the brutality of it is pretty shocking, but immediately you, there are some emotional stakes with uh, Professor X and with Logan yeah. that mean something to you. Uh, it means something to the audience, which is crazy that we've... Not that those characters, shouldn't we shouldn't connect with them. It's just no. crazy how connected we have become yeah. with them. Specifically with that movie when they really hammer home the father-son dynamic. Yeah. Um, and the son is always trying to live up to the dad's expectation of them yeah. he never gets there Weird but new, uh, talks that we're not going to see Dark Phoenix or New Mutants Oof. yeah they might just get uh, shit canned really yeah. man they've already shot all of both of them going back yeah, to but more of it New Mutants has been pushed back to August of next year and that was supposed to come out February of this year uh, yeah, so that's... Uh, I don't know. I don't know. It's, those are just rumors, but hey, it's this stuff we talk about in the social. So I figured I'd throw it out there. Yeah, that's uh, that's money down the goddamn toilet, isn't yeah. it? That's But it's not Disney's money. Yeah, it is not. No. Uh, but action scenes... Actually, thank you for that segue, no. because the Quicksilver scene is not a fight, but I no. think it's fair to call it an action scene because it yeah, is a single I think take. So. And it's the creativity that you get in it, because, it, uh, again, it feels real. It's no way anything grounded in that but yeah. you get uh, you can see the, the creativity of the character and with that the writers and the directors and the cinematographers of how they choose to capture that yeah. I think that's worth bringing up but also coming back to Logan for a second um, when it, that is an extremely grounded movie for what's happening in it like when they try to break through the fence with the limo they don't make it through so he has to back up and he's yeah. got trapped in his wheels and everything and there are robotic cyborgs that they have to go up against as well but it still feels grounded especially the final scene during the like through the forest as when you see like Logan go berserker mode and yeah. just annihilate those troops uh, it's such a good scene actually Kate Hulhan wrote a very <laughs> Kate, uh, Catherine is very excited about this mm-hmm. episode that made me excited as well uh, we asked uh, favorite action scenes and they, uh, this is what she wrote it's a, it's a lengthy one so buckle up mm-hmm. uh, oh boy am I excited uh, I tried to narrow this down and shout out some earlier movies that will appeal to the OSA group uh, here's the top five action movies here we go Die Hard uh, duh totally on board yeah. with that two Enter the Dragon with David Leach apparently wants to remake don't uh, can I vote no on yeah, that? Yeah, don't, don't remake a Bruce Lee movie without Bruce Lee. Come on, man. Uh, face Off? Uh, yes. Uh, Aliens? I, w- I want to take my face off. Uh, and five, Rambo First Blood. And I'm going to, I know you're going to be mad at me. Three of those movies I have not seen. First Blood is, First Blood is very interesting. It's very interesting because we, I, I know as Rambo as the cartoon character and First Blood is not that. Rambo the cartoon character? Yeah, Rambo Rambo I Rambo by the time I was around, Rambo was like a cartoon oh, like over the top. You don't top. mean a car- cartoon. They did make a cartoon. Of course they did. Yeah, they did make a cartoon. I mean, smart but, move, but... but First Blood is not that. Uh-huh. First Blood is First Blood's like a real movie. What is the cartoon about? It's basically G.I. Joe, but with Rambo. Okay. Yeah. This is like a base of operation. Yeah, <laughs> like yeah he... seriously. It's him and his little team of buddies that they go out and stop this. They've invented a villain for it. It's a, a little... The the 180 Weird. on that franchise is kind of similar to... The closest thing I can think of in modern times is Sicario. 
hmm. where Sicario is like a serious like one-off story. Yeah, and then Sicario Two is like action movie. Yeah, it's not quite as dramatic as that turnaround, but because I've not seen the first Sicario, it is worth mentioning uh, some some of Denny Villeneuve's action scenes, like mm-hmm. in Blade Runner twenty forty nine. Specifically, I think the action that does really well is uh, well, they build out the world in a really uh, interesting yeah. way that we are really invested in just exploring with our eyes, like what mm-hmm. we're looking at. And I think it comes back to the Harrison Ford Ryan Gosling fight when they are in um, uh, the. How would you describe it? The it's casino, that bar, right? yeah, the it's, casino yeah, it um, in Vegas, I believe, with the holograms that are that are glitching out, yeah. and it's it, it's this really cool. Uh, you you don't know where you sit in that yeah. scene, uh, and you you're kind of waiting for anything to happen. But also, I wanted to mention Catherine uh, wrote down her fa- five favorite action scenes as well. Uh, one, Way of the Dragon, the elevator pitch, uh, elevator pitch. The scene, it's Bruce, uh, it's the Bruce Lee versus Chuck Norris fight. That's great. That's Iconic. amazing. Yeah, uh, they're in a Col- Roman Coliseum. It's great. Uh, then you have the Protector. Young guy is tasked with protecting these elephants from his for a village elephants get kidnapped when the guy finds the only only the baby is alive uh, so he straps the dead elephant's bones to his body and proceeds to fight the bad guys with giant bones strapped to his arms and legs well, that sounds yeah, pretty cool. That's Tony Jaa. That's the Tony Jaa is, does some good stuff. The three, the bullet scene in the Matrix. You know, was moving on. Uh, yeah. Four, the epic car scene in Bullet. Yeah, it's that's e- the first iconic car chase scene. That's up there with French Connection. Also, as an iconic car. Is that chase in scene. San Francisco? Where yeah. they shoot that. Okay, I have yeah. seen that. But it, Steve McQueen. Bullet yes, was, I've only seen the car that, chase. That though. article I read, the history of violence, where it goes. To, the first movie they start with is Bullet. It, yeah, that car. It's, is it's like the, the beginning of action movies. Uh, and then again, like she mentioned, Face Off. It says we both know our gun scene in Face Off. Cardboard boxes exploding everywhere. High emotions. Ten out of ten. Yeah, John Woo. Oh man, if you've never seen Hard Boiled, uh, which is a John Woo movie prior to his American stuff, mm-hmm. uh, it's amazing. Chow Fat is in that. Um, good lord, it's just it's all, the hospital shootout is in. Same. You know, uh, uh, speaking of, you, you mentioned uh, uh, more uh, action movies from the East, and yes. I started thinking of uh, one of the my favorite action stars ever growing up, and I can't believe I didn't say it like right off the bat is Jackie Chan because the yeah, movie is great. The other movie we watched growing up was Rush Hour, and I know that's a comedy, yeah. but there, it's impressive the amount of action that is hidden throughout that movie that Chris Tucker's like screaming in the background, and then you have uh, Jackie Chan actually taking out people and getting through barriers and getting around things in the most creative ways possible. And what's crazy is a lot of us, I'm one of these people, we're, we're mostly exposed to late period Jackie Chan, Rush Hour post like his American stuff. If you look at his early Hong Kong stuff, that man was insane. Yes. He was in he was in fucking sane. Like he would he did stuff that was stupid. That yeah. was just straight dumb. I really want to go back and watch a lot of his older um, Chinese language films. I'm so down for that. That would be a fun like move, like a little marathon we could do with. He's the, such a great physical performer. Yeah, because not only is he a great fighter, but he's a, he's a, his his comic physicality is amazing. Yes, and that's that's a big yeah. part of it. it. It's there's like a dance to it, yeah. and like uh, seeing how he. Uh, one of my favorite scenes is specifically it's in Rush Hour where he's got he was handcuffed in a car mm-hmm. to uh, the steering wheel so he couldn't go anywhere because yeah. he needs to take him. Uh, Chris Tucker needs to take him back to the airport to go back to China. Yeah. Uh, and when t- Chris Tucker comes back from going to a 7-Eleven the steering wheel's gone so yeah he has a steering wheel hidden on his body and he uses it to take out guards and like there's like this back and forth he does with uh, one of the guards like trying to get the gun caught in the steering wheel to kind of get it away from him and he's turning it back and forth and it's like it's so also one of the great scenes is he breaks into the Chinese uh, embassy by uh, like doing a wall jump and he lands in front of a 
camera and he bends it out of the way really quick and hops over the fence. It's like there's this cool rhythm to his action in at least in the later years yeah um, i think i think there's stuff that we uh, us american audiences that didn't check out that stuff are really missing out from his from his younger stuff because it's it's yeah it's it's really uh, also if you like action movies highly recommend getting outside of the united states because the raid is one of those movies we didn't talk about the raid yeah, the raid is Nuts. The brain is nuts, right? And it's interesting because it's one of those like the. It's literally. It doesn't have a story. It really doesn't. It's. Is it's it like a, it's revenge? A, it's, half? No, it's basically a video game premise. It's like <laughs> you're in a building and you need to get out. Uh-huh. But uh, and that's um, fine. <laughs> but the the actors are likable enough, and the action is so well choreographed that none of that matters. Like none. It just, that doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. And and um, if you're doing again, it's kind of we talked about on our Mission Impossible review. If you're doing, if you're putting that much care and attention to those aspects. If if you know the type of movie you're making and you're making that movie to the hilt, if you're if it doesn't like if it's not Shakespeare, it doesn't it doesn't matter. You know what I mean? Because uh, because you're you're doing stuff that people haven't seen before. Yeah, and it becomes more of a spectacle, and that's okay to go to a movie to see something like that. I think we said this in the Mission Impossible review. Fallout is the perfect summer movie. It's a perfect blockbuster. Yeah, man. And the movies, the stuff that we grew up with, like I think of like Men in Black and stuff like that, they don't make, this is the closest we get to that at this point, yeah. really, but it feels like. it's modernized so that yeah. it gets, it couldn't get um, like a like today's audience, which yeah. is really cool. And it's uh, it's cool. Like a lot of people have said that superhero genre is a way of like sneaking like comedy and like a comedy movie into the market or yeah. an action movie. It's cool that this is purely just an action it's movie. you have to sneak those into the market. You just can't make those movies. It's what people want to watch. Uh, also in the chat, uh, we had, Drunken Master, Jackie Chan's Drunken Master, shout yeah. out, uh, which I've heard is amazing as well. Uh, what also is amazing is our friends on the podcast. So we're going to say hi to one more, and then we'll come right back. Man, this is one of my favorite episodes yet that we've made. But before we continue, I want to talk about something a little bit more serious with you guys. Action movies are pretty serious. Yeah. This is real life serious. Well, here's something that happens to a lot of action movie stars. It does. They start, they start losing their hair. They it's, do. it's a thing. It happens. 66% of men lose their hair by the age of 35 a lot younger than you thought. I'm getting old, pretty close. Listen, <laughs> hey, me too. That's 10 years away, and that uh, stinks. Uh, I'm significantly closer than you are. The <laughs> thing is, when you start to notice hair loss, it's too late. It's easier to keep the hair you have than to replace the hair you've lost. Is that hairline slowly starting to move backwards? Mm-hmm. Any bald spots yet? Mm-hmm. Not yet, but we got a friend that can help you out. Like, why do you guys turn to weird solutions or do nothing when they can turn to medicine and science? And that's where 4 steps in, all right? It's the one-stop shop for hair loss skincare, sexual wellness for men. All right, guys, we all go through, we all have our little things we might feel a little embarrassed about, but guess what? Majority, of, we've just learned that a majority of people are probably going through it too, especially yeah. men. So maybe you could check out our friends and they can help you out. And ladies, if you got a man in your life, maybe it's worth looking into this for them. Yes, because thanks to science, baldness can be optional, right? All right? <laughs> So listen, Hims connects you with real doctors and medical-grade solutions to treat your hair loss. Well-known generic equivalents to name-brand prescriptions to help you keep your hair. This is no snake oil pills or gas station counter supplements. These are prescription solutions backed by science. No waiting room, no awkward doctor visits. Save hours by going to 4 It's so easy. All you got to do is answer a few quick questions online, and doctors will review, and they can prescribe you something for it. Products are shipped directly to your door. And guess what? We've got a deal for you Men, boys of all ages, listen up. If you order now, our listeners get a trial month of hymns for just $5 today, Ooh. right now, this second, while supplies last. See website for full details. This would cost hundreds if you went to the doctor or a pharmacy. Go to forhims.com slash stupid. That's F-O-R-H-I-M-S dot com slash S-T-U-P-I-D. 
fourhims.com slash stupid. Now back to the show. Oh, I do love our friends of the podcast. Um, but I, I think uh, as we've been talking through this, I'm kind of trying to take mental notes of what of the stuff that matters to us when it comes yeah. to action uh, movies and action scenes. Uh, like, specifically, I think when it comes to the emotional weight of a movie, I think that can really add a lot to it. And when you have a performer that can sell it, that matters as well. Like, setting yeah. that up early on, or at least being inventive enough that we're invested to see what this story, what these storytellers, I think that's a more, that's a better way of saying it, because it doesn't take just one person to make an action scene work. Yeah. It takes a lot of people. You got stunt coordinators. Besides Jackie Chan, if you just roll a camera, he'll yeah, just he'll do, do something. Yeah, he'll do crazy stuff. There's... Uh, there's a clip of him. Uh, it's actually an old, old silent film thing where you, you're hanging onto a clock, mm-hmm. and he fall, he literally falls head head first down like four stories. Who it's did? Not Jackie Chan. <laughs> and it's not. He just fall. It's, anyway, it's insane. It, it's it's a miracle that man's still around and walking. You know what? Actually, speaking of action, we've talked a lot about fighting, but I think a lot of physical comedy and physical just the physical demands an actor puts themselves through is worth mentioning too. Like with Buster Keaton, because you mentioned yeah. the clock tower, and that there's a very iconic scene where he's hanging from a clock tower. I've seen how they did it, like yeah. how they faked it. Still really scary. Yeah, super dangerous. Especially if you go back to the old uh, uh, black and white film days, it's just, it's it's people legitimately putting their lives on the line yes, to in, entertain people. It's so stupid the yeah. what they will put themselves through. One of my favorite, uh, it was a GIF online of uh, from one of his movies where he's driving like a Model T, he's no. driving down the road, and he hits a ditch, mm-hmm. but they... I think they took out most of the bolts of the car so that, and basically just made it a sled, yeah. and they pushed it down the road, and when it hit the ditch, yeah. the whole car explodes apart like a cartoon, but he kind of pushes himself out of it so mm. that like he lands standing up yeah. and not crushed by all the parts Jeez. of the car, and you're just like, why? It's how did nuts, you man. How did you practice this? Yeah. How did you do this? Like I, I don't understand, um, but you didn't mention animated uh, fight scenes, and I, I've had to think about it for, yeah. uh, for a minute, but I think uh, uh, Kendra, she had the best example of uh, the, the uh, Voltron has had some of the best action, even within, when it's not hand-to-hand combat. End of season two, when they went up against Zarkon, yeah. which I know we're saying a lot of sci-fi names. If you're not watching Voltron, you're making a mistake. Yeah, uh, there it, it's so emotionally heavy because you're seeing people unlock things that uh, about their past and yeah. who they are and what they mean to each other. And when it, when that all builds to a head into one fight yeah. uh, and seeing them push themselves to the limit, I don't know how this show is able to capture it so well. Yeah. But those scenes mean so much to the audience uh, in a non-nerdy way and just a pure storytelling way yeah. it's beautiful how they're able to capture that and in Korra when they get to the final fights in season 3 when it's against your favorite Zaheer, uh, Zaheer and your favorite villain uh, so cool what he's going through it, uh, what he's going through and what he's putting Korra through as well and yeah. what they both mean to each other and what the, the stakes that the world's at with what if they succeed yeah it's heartbreaking, and that's yeah. one of my favorite cliffhangers for a season. It's, it's again, heartbreaking, but yeah. uh, it's beautiful, and it's inventive, and Korra uh, uh, gets that. The final fight scene in Avatar The Last Airbender, because it's the 10-year anniversary this year. Oh, of wow. The, which definitely hurts my heart hearing about mm-hmm. that. Um, but uh, re-watching that final fight scene, it's and then there's, brutal. Yeah, for me, the Zuko-Azula fight. Oh, it's beautiful. Some, yeah, it's like poetry. Yeah. Which is crazy that Nickelodeon allowed, like, they did a show like this. Yeah. What, good investment. Bummer that you couldn't just stick to your guns later on. I know they got, Cora, little, they yeah, got they, more adult, but that's yeah. what you asked for. So, yeah. whose fault is that? Just saying. Those people have gone on to do 
really cool things. So yes. that animation studio is doing Voltron. The head writer in that has got a new show on Netflix, uh, The Dragon Prince. They do. Yeah. It, it is a different animation style. Yeah, so and I'm, I'm, not, I'm not sure I'm on board. I probably am. Once I watch it, I'll be like, oh, no, I'm on board. But the trailer's like, mm, I don't know. Yeah. Mm, I don't know. I don't know either. I do want to check in with the chat one more time. But is there any final thoughts you want to get so out there? So do you have any, like, what are your top favorite uh, action movies? I think, uh, hmm, while you're looking, while you're looking, I'm thinking the Indiana Jones, the first three Indiana Jones films, I feel like are not just great action films, but like basically the perfect version of a summer blockbuster. Uh, I don't think we've really topped that. We mentioned Speed, Die Hard, of course, is is probably the best. Mm-hmm. Um, the original uh, Matrix. Um, uh, man, there's just a lot. There's just a, a lot of, of really great movies i know somebody this doesn't technically count as a um as an action movie mm-hmm. somebody mentioned one of their favorite scenes was the opening scene in once upon once upon a time in the west which is one of my favorite movies of all time luis hernandez uh, does a shout out for predator 2 shout out thank you danny glover's yeah. great in that it's a really good movie yeah. it's su- it's super fun i don't know if i'd argue it's a really good movie but the first predator is great it's super entertaining uh, the first movie is is inventive and whatnot, whatnot. uh total recall the um total recall uh, Robocop, um, Verhoeven. Robocop. Uh, nobody, nobody like Verhoeven needs a lot of credit for taking movies that are are what you want them to be, and also completely deconstructing that thing that you're there to watch, like just completely tearing apart the idea of violent entertainment mm-hmm. while giving you the best version of a violent entertainment movie. Like that's that's a that type of satire is really difficult to pull off. Showgirls. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, do want to give a shout out to Kate Alex in the Discord and the yeah. story suggestions. Thank you so much. Uh, I feel like this is an obvious one. It's not because no one's mentioned this yet. But uh, I always think the twelve bullet scene in the first Deadpool movie, counting out the bullets, is a great combo of action and comedy, and did a great job of setting the stage for the rest of the movie. I think it is too. I think mm. it's uh, there is a lot of inventiveness there when he's like, "This is how many bullets I have," so the audience gets to feel engaged with the scene. So we're yeah. like, we're, we're keeping track of all the bullets that you waste yeah. and the ones you successfully use. Yeah. Uh, also, shooting through three guys' heads, and, or yeah. not three, the one gets embedded in that guy's skull, and yeah. you're like, is he a mutant? It's like, no, the bullet just slowed down <laughs> yeah. through two whole skulls, yeah. which is a, uh, whether whatever your opinion is, that's a great joke. That's yeah. a great uh, bit. I think uh, my list might copy yours a little bit because we've mentioned them as we were, we've been as we've been talking. Yeah. Uh, Die Hard, the first one's up there. I have watched the other ones, but they've not like. They're not coming to mind of anything that worth mentioning in yeah, this. Yeah. Um, that um, Predator was a movie I watched a lot Predator's as a kid. Great. Uh, Rush Hour, because that was my first exposure to Jackie Chan, and yeah. that's what we would watch again a lot when I was a kid. Creed, that gets yeah. a lot. Ryan Coogler, the way he captures action, is beautiful. And I'll throw in the Daredevil hallway fight scene because, that again, that's one that's coming to mind the quickest. Yeah. Because of... It, it, the show didn't need to go that hard. It didn't need yeah. to. It didn't need to do that to us. Yeah. And the way it, we were able to and immediately it's never quite top that sense. And it hasn't. <laughs> yeah. But I will say, when taking down the bikers in season two, while it doesn't yeah. it's not, top it emotionally, yeah. it is still really impressive. It's super cool. Yeah. And also, you just get like Punisher you get, prison fight. Yeah. yeah. Oh, so good. That yeah. one. That one hurts. It that does. one you feel sick sure a little does. bit. And brawl and cell block. I know that wasn't a top five list, but you can suck it. Yeah. Uh, the, but I appreciate everyone on the Patreon who got involved. Thank you for sending us your questions. You can do that as well with the one dollar tier. Just a dollar. Super a month. easy. You go in there. You get to be a part of the show with us. This show, as well as our Twitch community on Discord and yep. our bonus episodes. Don't worry, there'll be more coming out. Coming at you. Super TV showdown will come back when our 
our shows come back as well. So you're no. gonna get uh, uh, hold on to that uh, just for a little bit. Yeah, and also it's it's you can't overstate how important our Patreon supporters, our patrons are to this show. That's what makes any any of this possible, mm-hmm. legitimately. And uh, speaking of Patreon, we actually have a bunch of new tiers. How you guys can get involved and actually get verbal shoutouts. You can hop on the show. And through the month of August, didn't say this last time on the main no. episode. There's discounts on those prices, baby. So if you want to hop on the show, go check it out. And we're, we figured out how to make it yeah. perfect. Yeah. So it's, it's very exciting. Uh, we hopefully, oh, hopefully you guys are intrigued by that. Also, you'll notice there's a bridge tier at $50. What's that what mean? That? What's that going? You're going to find out in the next week. In the next in week next or two. Week. Yeah, Let's yeah. say a week, week or two, two just in case. Two. <laughs> wow. We've, we, we're packing in a lot. Yup. <laughs> So you're getting your money's worth if you're part of the Patreon. So go ahead and check it out. Thank you guys so much. And also, let's give shout-outs to everyone who's watching live. We have Danny M., Kate Houlihan, Ryan Kevin, The Stupid Stub. Uh, we have Julie Layden, Danny Boy. I know we have more people and more people who join yeah. uh, throughout the week. Thank you so much. And thank you to everyone who joined us this Thursday this, oh. for the Only Stupid Answers show because it, w- it went off perfectly in the way we were able to interact with you guys live and the way you guys interacted with the Plain Noggin audience. Y'all were good, good boys and girls. We're yeah. proud of you. We're proud to take you out and show, and show you off. Uh, and we hope you tune back in next week, 4 p.m. PST Please. Thursday at PlayNoggin. Oh, sorry. Twitch.tv slash PlayNoggin. There, there you it go. is. Boom. This lovely boy next to me is Sam Basher. Mm-hmm. That's me. And over here, this is a strapping young man. Named DJ Wolders. You can find him at DJ Talks Trash. You can find me at Sam Basher. But you can find everything Only Stupid Answers at OnlyStupidAnswers.com. We talk in merch. <gasps> We're talking bonus episodes. Yeah. You can listen to our main episode there as well as on iTunes. You got Spotify. You got yeah. Google Play Music. You got at least six other options there after yeah. that. There's, Don't know if anyone uses a, them, yeah, but they but are there. there. There's so many options. So so please check all that out. OnlyStupidAnswers.com. Uh, tune in Thursdays. Uh, can uh, Now the show is basically done, Sam. Can I spoil can, spoilers? Let's do Mission Impossible, Impossible spoilers. spoilers. Yeah. See, there's spoilers on Mission Impossible. So if you watch the movie, stick around. If you haven't, bail. We love you. Bye. But love you. Bye. <laughs> I'm a little bummed that Henry Cavill was a bad guy. I'm a little. I'm bummed that he died. I'm bummed. They super died. Yeah. I said in the. I said in our uh, review that this was the first time. Maybe it was the mustache or whatever. That I, I realized how attractive he is. Mm-hmm. He's and then and yeah. then at the <laughs> end of the movie, they really punish. They burn half his face, and then he gets a hook straight to the brain. Yeah. That helicopter. There's a there's a, something with that helicopter that's in the trailer that's not in the movie. The the scene where he's like driving the helicopter towards a truck. And I don't know where that was supposed to be. I don't know either. Yeah. I have no idea. Uh, oh, I vaguely know what you're talking about. Yeah, it's, it's, the end, it's like the end of the trailer, and I'd completely forgotten about it. Yeah, that's nowhere in the movie. No. But, and that's fine. Yeah, there's plenty. plenty. There's plenty. But also, fun fact I learned about, the schedule for shooting the bathroom fight was four days. Guess how long it actually was. Not four days. That's insane to me. There was four days. Throw out a number. I, I would say, let's say ten, like two work weeks. Mm-mm. How long? Four weeks. Took four weeks to film that. Jeez. And it was worth it. Because yes, that it's scene... It's so good. Henry Cavill reloading his eyes, uh, arms. I wish there was a sound effect in yeah. there. Like, a yeah. like you, you could actually like hear it happen. But, and uh, then like gunshots when he throws his punches. You, you hear it when he connects. <laughs> yeah. That's a gunshot. That's a shotgun. That's yeah. a shotgun. Um, but that scene's incredible. I am bummed, but... I'm happy with what I got. Though. Yeah, yeah. It was no. I, I, I think it was. I was it got exactly what I was looking forward to in this movie. And the Halo jump that I do like. The joke is like, mm, where's your oxygen? Yeah. <laughs> I, it was a little silly. And also, guys, we said this in the review. Plot 
means diddly shit in this movie but who cares you know it doesn't matter at all it's a bunch of attractive people doing crazy things and all of them are more impressive the more the movie goes on so go see it we recommend it and uh, hey give us a five star review on iTunes please please and thank you Uh, that's actually how we uh, move up in the charts in the entertainment one we're competing against a lot of people so um, (laughs) So if you want to write a lot of reviews we uh, appreciate appreciate it it. Uh, please uh, that's a please and we'll see you next week 4pm for the only stupid answer show at twitch.tv slash playnog and we love you guys and we'll see you next time bye bye bye